Wow, welcome to week two of Happy Habits. We're so excited that you are here with us today. And um, Pastor Kyra, thank you so much for opening us up. Week one of Happy Habits on Mother's Day. Let's give it up for her and that message up it bless you. Thank you so much. And so we're going to go ahead and, and dive in today. We're going to spend some time with a gentleman named Daniel. I don't want to hold you up too long. Um, I know it's, it's going to be a good day for you. So we're, we're just going to get straight into the context of what we're talking about here. Yeah. And um, But before we do, I do want to forewarn you that this is not the message that you're going to get up and, and jump around on. Um, let me put it to you this way. This is not going to be the sexiest message. <laughs> But I do believe that this message is going to add great value to your life in this season. So if you just open up your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, I think that this word is going to anchor you throughout the rest of the year. And so with that being said, let me give you some context. After years of disobedience and idol worship, God has raised up a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to overthrow Jerusalem. And so during one of the many deportations to Babylon, Daniel and his three friends, uh, what many scholars believe, uh, they're between the ages of 15 and 16 years old, they're taken from Judah, from Jerusalem, and they're brought on over to Babylon around 605 BC. Uh, Daniel and his friends represent what the Bible calls a remnant. Go ahead and repeat that after me. Say remnant. And this word essentially means a faithful few, a faithful few whom God has set aside in order to maintain the divine relationship between his people and himself. These faithful few also lead in, in creating a new beginning for his people given the context that they are in. And so uh, right now, they are 600 miles away from Jerusalem. They are, in fact, exiled. Does this sound familiar? A letter to exile. Um, I encourage you to go back to that series, A Letter to Exiles. And actually, this this is a smooth transition. So Jeremiah lived, and now we're going to transition to another setting with Daniel. So this is essentially the same storyline. They're 600 miles away from home, and everything has changed. Um, their lives, their family structure, their work structure, their setting, everything has completely changed. And I'm sure we can all relate to that. Um, So we're going to spend a little bit of time with Daniel. And what I want to talk about today, like I said, this is not going to be the most creative, you know, I'm usually coming up with some creative titles, but we're going to call this message Value Based Habits. That's all I want to talk about today value-based habits. And so let's pick it up in Daniel chapter one, verse one. It says this, during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylon. Verse three, Then the king ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. He said this, select only strong, healthy, good-looking young men. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning, are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in language and literature of Babylon. Verse five, 
the king assigned them a daily ration of food, wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years and then they would enter into royal service. Verse six, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were four of the young men chosen from all of the tribe of Judah. And it says this here, verse seven, the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Beltajar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. And so what's happening here is, is that the Babylonians are attempting to turn these Jewish men into Babylonians. Yeah. And so what would otherwise be considered an honor is really a brainwashing project. And so, um, and a lot of kings that would go into other nations, they would actually take their subjects and one way that they exercised their authority or showed complete power over their subjects was to rename them. And so the name Daniel actually means God is judge, but Beltajar means um, Prince of Bel. Bel was a Babylonian God. The name Hananiah uh, means that God is gracious. Um, and his name was changed to Shadrach. Um, the name Mishael has a, has a God-centered name, but, um, and that name means who is God, who is like God. But the name Meshach means, says, who is like a coup, who is like a coup. The name Azariah um, means God is my help. But the name Abednego means slave of Nebo. And so the Babylonians were completely, um, how can we put it, attempting to change the value system and the faith and the core beliefs of the people of God. And, and, and they were attempting to have them adopt those core beliefs of being a slave, of being a servant, of being fearful, of being worth less. And so... Um, you know, and I want to encourage you with this. So go ahead and write this down. I want to encourage you with this. Your circumstance is not your God. So, so, so maybe you feel lonely in this season or, 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 or broken or depressed or ashamed. And, and we all battle with that at, at certain levels, but those circumstances, those feelings are not your God. So don't allow them to become your identity. You know, you know I, I get it. Daniel and the Hebrew boys, they're 600 miles away from home. They're exiled. Everything has changed, but they're determined to not allow their circumstance to become their identity. And um, it says this here in verse eight, it says, but Daniel was determined, there it is, not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. So he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. So eating Nebuchadnezzar's foods would have meant that they were eating foods offered to idol gods. It would have also meant that they were eating foods that were not approved by God through Jewish law. And so what we see here is Daniel's determination to preserve his faith by living out his values. And so like I told you, I want to slow down here because I do have a script and I, I really want to speak from the heart. Like I told you, I believe in order for us to, to create happy habits, in order for us to create rhythms that maximize joy and potential, we first have to go deeper than just action. 
we, we have to go deeper than a few cute thoughts about eating well and, and exercising. And I'm all for that, but we really got to get to the root of, of the issue. We really have to get to the root of, of what could be the solution. So what are values? What are values? Go ahead and write this down. Values are a person's standards of behavior. Values are a person's standards of behavior. Some people have extremely high standards. Um, when I think in terms of standards or, or values, I, I think about my dad. My dad is my dad's awesome, but when I think about my dad, one of his core values is hard work. Hard work. I've, I've never, man, I, I don't know if I know personally a harder worker than my father. When I think about my mom, I think about um, how dependable she is. I mean, that woman will rearrange her entire life to be there for you. She's extremely dependable and faithful. When I think about values, I think about my wife, a woman of excellence, um, so much to the point where it annoys you at times. Like, woman, are you done cleaning? Are you done folding clothes? Are you? Oh, no, no, don't be done. You are cleaning my house. So I take that back. But she is just, she's so excellent in everything that she does. Cool points for me later on. She's so excellent in everything that she does. And so what I want to encourage you with is this in terms of value-based habits. Number one, I want to encourage you to establish and guard your values. Establish and guard your values. Truett Cathy was 12 years old when he gave his life to Jesus. And he began to live his life through the lens of of the scripture and through the lens of his faith. And so uh, what what were his beliefs and, and his principles before coming to Christ, he began to embody those principles of of scripture. Yeah. And so in 1946, he and his brother started this restaurant called Dorf Grill. And everything you could imagine was on that menu, all except the chicken sandwich. So it's funny because this morning, as, as we were, you know, not this morning, I'm sorry, earlier in the week, as we were going into the building, yeah. I think it was Friday. And so that was what, a couple of days ago. Uh, I, I told my wife, I said, babe, I'm, I'm hungry. And I know you've been on this health kick and you've been fixing shakes and all that stuff. I don't want a shake. I want a Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit. Come on now. Can I see this bag real quick? I want a Chick-fil-A chicken. Ah, yes. That looks glorious. Yes. I still gave you the Yeah, you gave me the smoothie, but on the way into work, I sipped it and put it to the side. She didn't, she thought I, she thought I, she thought I, you know, but I didn't. But man, chicken biscuits. I mean, come on, let, let's think about the sauces. Chick-fil-A sauce. Somebody give me Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah. Polynesian sauce. Um, what's the other one? Uh, barbecue sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to go with Polynesian and Chick-fil-A. Shout out to my baby boy. He loves barbecue sauce. But it, it went from Dwarf Grill to Chick-fil-A in 1967. There was this poultry company. They were selling chicken, chicken uh, straps um, to, to Delta Airlines, but Delta didn't have enough storage to store the chicken. And so this company went to, to Kathy and, and said, hey, would you want to buy these, these chicken straps? And uh, Truett, he sat down and he thought about his mother's ingredients and he said, yeah, we're going to sell chicken sandwiches. And they rebranded and renamed everything to Chick-fil-A. 
and they were determined to establish and guard the values by which they led and conducted business. And so um, some, some things on values that Truett, has, Kathy, uh, Truett Kathy has said in the past, um, one on going the extra mile. He said this, he said, being in the food business, you have to learn to do everything right each and every time. And so you, don't you love it when, when they take your order and you're like, oh, I forgot barbecue sauce. They say my pleasure. You know, um, it's almost like they go out to a, to a military field and they train these people who work at Chick-fil-A. It's like they get it perfect all the time on perseverance. Uh, True, Kathy, he said this, no goal is too high if we climb with care and confidence. He made this statement when they were opening up their second location. And just a few weeks in, their second location burned down to the ground. And so what he did was he pitched a tent, set out some grills, set up some tables, and they continued to sell food, even though the burnt building was right next to him. And he said, no goal is too high if we climb with care and confidence, values. Um, As it concerns faith, he said this when he testified before Congress a few years back. He says, I believe that you can combine biblical principles and good business practices. I testified before Congress on how to be honest and successful at the same time. So today with 2,363 stores, less than McDonald's, Wendy's, and also closed on Sundays, Chick-fil-A makes $4.3 million per store. That's more than any of their competitors out there. And, and what can we learn from, from Kathy? What can we learn from Mr. Kathy in a season like this? We can learn that your values, when, when, you, when you live them out, when, you're, when you honor your values, when you honor God's values, when you honor the word of God, your values bring great value into your life. Your values bring great value into your life. And so I want you to go ahead and consider this question. What are my values? What are my values in this season? Yes, they're 600 miles away. Yes, they're out of place, but they don't have to throw their values out the door. And, and, and so you got to ask yourself, what are my values? Because that's really where it all starts. That's where winning starts, our values. And this is why I say this. It's because values drive decisions. Decisions turn into actions. Actions become habits. Habits form character. So, so, so it, it's not about where you are. It's about who you are. And, and, and when we look at Daniel, we see in the text where he's like, okay, you changed my name, but I know my identity. I know my values, and, and, and I'm, I'm not going to just do this because I'm, I'm supposed to. I'm, I'm, I am someone. I'm a person of values. I'm a person of excellence. I'm a, I'm a person of standards. Habits form character. Here it is. Character leads to destiny. But it all begins with our values. So before we even talk about like running twice a day and budgeting your money and and doing all this and forming happy habits, we really got to ask ourselves, what are our standards? What are our standards? I promise you still to this day, I, you know, when I first, when I first gave my heart to Jesus Christ, um, this was some about 14 years ago now, 
And um, I, I was assigned two duties. That was to sweep and mop, well, three, sweep and mop the, the, the church. And, and it was to set up the chairs. And I had to arrive an hour and a half to two hours every Sunday morning around 7 a.m. to set up the church. And, and, and then on Tuesdays was 7 p.m. Bible study. So I would leave class, college class. Sometimes I would leave my labs early. Labs were always in the evening. So I would leave lab early and I would get to Bible study at 5 p.m. And I would sweep and I would clean that church. And that's when God started to build those godly values of, of excellence and those standards. And it was based on those values that I started to make certain decisions. And so we're gonna pick it up at verse nine. Now, God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel, but he responded, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youth your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. So this guy's like, I might lose my life, man. What are you? So Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Verse 12. Please, Daniel said this, please test us for 10 days on a, di- on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other men who are eating the king's food. At the end of, at the end of my life, at the end of this month, at the end of this year, see how our values align with their values is what he's saying. Then make your decision in light of what you see. Verse 14 says this, the attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. My second point of encouragement is this, make value-based decisions. I wanna encourage you to make value-based decisions. I remember it was 2014 and I think it was January. My wife, she woke up, it was 3 a.m. in the morning. She just woke up and um, she said, oh my God, I just had a dream. And I said, oh my God, what was that dream about? It's three o'clock in the morning, I'm tired. And so the first thing she did was she went to her phone and, and she Googled, because in the dream, this woman was, you know, she had a book and it was in a dark room. And you said you thought it was like the Bible in her lap, business suit attire, kind of like political looking and, I'm like, okay, like, what was the dream about? And she told me it's dark, dark room and this light transcended the room and so on and so forth. But she said that this woman was screaming out 21 oceans, 21 oceans in her dream. And so the first thing you did was you went over to your phone, you opened up Google and, and you Googled 21 oceans. I mean, we're in Florida at this time and we, we, you thought it was in Daytona Beach or something. There was a 21 oceans avenue that landed us in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. The interesting thing about that is that we had just started praying about where to start Highlight Church. And so um, we held on to that for about six months and it hit me that Rehoboth, Rehoboth is in the Bible and it means the vast expanse where we will flourish. Yeah. And so, you know, we got on a map and we went to Delaware and I said, well, it can't be Delaware because Delaware as a city doesn't align as far as its demographic with this value of pastoring a diverse church. And so I've always said that God has called us to pastor the most diverse church in America. I don't know how we're gonna quantify that or qualify that. We've just obeyed God's call on our church, but it has been a value is diversity and inclusion. And so we said, okay, Delaware, what's around Delaware? 
And so if you look on the map, you got Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. And I started to do these searches on the most diverse cities in America. And uh, any top 10 list you find, five to six of those cities were in Maryland, Germantown, Silver Spring, Bethesda, Gaithersburg. And so um, we then planned a trip to come in this direction. I say all that to say this, our value was diversity. So when Chris and I and my oldest son and my friend Jason, we got in that car, we had no business heading towards Texas We had no business heading towards Tennessee. We had no business heading towards California. It was pretty clear. Our values were heading in the direction of Maryland. And this is the question that you must ask yourself today. Is, are the decisions that I'm making going in the directions of my values? Are my decisions heading in the direction of my values? You're gonna wanna ask yourself that. Before we can get into any habit forming, we got to ask ourselves, are my decisions heading in the direction of our values? And that's where we were going. We were going to Maryland because we valued diversity on a whole nother level. But the problem is this. A lot of us have forfeited our God-given authority to decide. A lot of us have forfeited it. And we've just kind of tossed it to circumstance and we've tossed it to what we can't do. And we've tossed our decisions to our limitations and we've tossed our decisions to the way that we feel. And I just want to tell you, once you get your value system in order, it provides you the guidance that you need to make the right decisions. I, I mean, this guy, this official, he's saying, Daniel, man, look, if, if I let you do this, I'm going to be beheaded. But then you said, look, I, I have a God-given authority to decide to do what I want to do. And not just that, once I decide to do it, I know that it's going to be the best thing for all of us. So he was exercising his God-given authority to decide. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says this here. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Watch this. A lot of us, when we think about temptations, we think about the black and white sins. You know, like, I don't know if there are kids there, but this and that and this and that. You can fill in the blank. You get what I'm saying. But temptations aren't just being tempted to do the black and white sins. A lot of times, the greatest temptation in your life is the temptation to doubt God. For, see, it's first... It's first a temptation to let down your values and your convictions that leads to the black and white thing. It leads to the, to the outward. We can go back to the Garden of Eden. It was a temptation that, that Satan presented that, that God was withholding things from Eve, withholding things from Adam that led them to their disobedience. Adam and Eve had already let go of their values before they had even disobeyed God. It was far deeper than any activity. It was value-based. And so he says this, God is faithful, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. He will not, God will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, God will show you a way out so that you can endure. What is this saying? When you're tempted to give up, when you're tempted to just lounge and, 
and be lazy and, and, and tap out. The Bible is saying that God will show you the right way. He'll show you the decision that you can make. And Daniel understood this. He understood that I may be out of place, but I don't have to throw my power to decide out of the window. I don't have to throw that power. I may be a slave. I may be a servant to the king. I may be, you know, we may be in the middle of COVID, but I don't have to throw away my power to decide. I can still decide to make value-based decisions. So are my decisions going in the directions of my values? You know, health and, and growth and excellence generosity, faith. It says this here in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8. It says, for physical exercise is of limited value. Limited value. You remember earlier, we're not just going to go to the surface. You get all the muscles, all the abs, all the money you want. It's of limited value. So I told you it wasn't going to be sexy. I love you too much for it to be sexy. I want to be real. God told me to give you something substantial yeah, this weekend. It's limited value. But godliness is valuable mm-hmm. in every way, holding the promise for the present life and for the one to come. Yeah. What is Paul saying? He's saying the values that are in this book, the truths, the principles, yes. when we trust them, when we live them out, that it's profitable in every way this life and in the life to come. No matter where you are, I need you to write this down and believe this. No matter where you are, a person of values will always come out on top. That is what God is trying to show us through Daniel. No matter your season, no matter your circumstance, no matter your struggle, a person of values will always come out on top. So I wanna encourage you with this. Create, val- number three, create value-based habits. Mm-hmm. Good. Create value-based habits. Yeah. Um, Paul, the, the, the great apostle of God who was called by Jesus Christ to, to share the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles, he wrote his most joyous letter while in prison. Yeah. Definitely out of place. <laughs> right. Definitely out of pocket but he wrote his most joyous letter while in prison and he writes to the Philippian church to encourage them about initiating value-based habits. And maybe you've never read this scripture or maybe you've never read it like this before, but this is what the Holy Spirit revealed to me. Philippians 4, eight through nine. And he said this to the church in Philippi. He said, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Because Paul didn't know if he was going to die or be set free, um, but this was going to be one of his last letters. So he's saying, this is, out of everything I can leave you with, this is the last thing I'm going to leave you with. And he says this, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of... Those are some high. <laughs> you see that how high that standard is? But but what we miss, because I, I love all the modern day translations, but if we could really get the Greek meaning of the word fix, 
The word fix means to weigh. And back in biblical times, when you weighed something, you were attempting to determine its value. So he said, weigh your thoughts, consider the value of your thoughts. And in order to help us, he gives us a description of what they should look like. Are they true? Are they honorable? Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Is getting into shape lovely? It is, right? All these habits, they're lovely. Are they admirable? Think about these things, excellent and praiseworthy. Then he says this, verse nine, keep putting into practice. (laughs) Value-based habits. All you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then God, the God of peace, will be with you. That's what Daniel is doing, even away from, even in exile, even when it's not normal, even when it, it, we can't connect. Daniel is initiating value-based habits. So I want to I give you some practical handles here. Number one, you got to start doing this. Weigh your thoughts. Yeah. Weigh your thoughts. Number two, and if that thought is of great value, you got to begin, you got to adopt that thought as a value. Mm-hmm. Allow it to, to get deep within your heart. Yeah. Number three, begin to make decisions based on the value of that thought. Yeah. Make decisions based on the value of that thought. Number four, take action. And then just do that action loop, create value-based habits. Watch your thoughts in this season. It is so easy to become discouraged and cynical and negative and to just give away the peace that God provides in Jesus Christ. But you got to, once again, just, I don't know if you're familiar with the scripture or anything. I just, I want to help us out right here. If you go into Genesis 1, because, because the devil doesn't do any new tricks, he's still out there doing the same old tricks. Yeah, right, right. All of this, sickness, death, pain, COVID-19, it all started with a thought. So you got to value and weigh your thoughts in this season. And what Daniel is saying, he's saying that they may have attacked my family. They may have attacked my livelihood. They may have attacked my security. They may have attacked my finances, but they can't take my faith and they can't take my values. They can't take it. They can't take it. I think about guys like Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, guys inside and outside of his camp, they're like, we need to fight. We need to shoot. We need to punch. We... His value was peace, yeah. That's right. and, and it made him invincible. Yeah. I think about Jesus. When, when they took Jesus and they arrested him, and, and his disciples were irate, and, and Peter took, took the knife, and he cut off the, the, the guy's ear, Malchus's ear, and Jesus put the ear of the guard back on, and he said, Peter, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. They can arrest me, but they can't take my values. They can't take my faith. And, and it was the power of 
the values of Christ that got him out of the grave and thank God for it because now we can enter into a relationship with our heavenly father. And so I want to close this out. I don't want to hold us much longer. Daniel verse 15 says this, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed only fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for the others. I love this here. God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. See, see when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you root yourself in, in the values of scripture and in the principles of scripture, it's easy for God to find you. And, 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 to, and to gift you and to anoint you and to use you at higher, at higher levels. And it says this here, verse 18, when the training period ordered by the king was completed, the chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I love how the Bible is making it a point to, to continue to call them by their God-given names. God is so detailed and he cares. And it says this here, so they entered royal service. Verse 20, whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them 10 times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. Verse 21, in conclusion, Daniel remained in royal service until the first year of the reign of King Cyrus. I wanna give you three quick points of encouragement as we go. As you begin to create value-based habits, three benefits here. Number one, you're gonna feel better. You will feel better. You're gonna experience greater joy and and peace. Your confidence is gonna grow. Your clarity is gonna grow. God wants all of that for your life. God said, I pray that you would prosper in soul as well as in body. God, God wants you to have peace and joy and clarity in this season. The second benefit is you will do better. You will do better. You're gonna be more productive and creative and more efficient as you allow your values to drive your life. And number three, God's favor is gonna settle on your life. We see that in the text. God's favor is gonna settle on your life. God's favor, God's presence, God's abiding, abounding love that he gives through his son, Jesus Christ. And and maybe you're there and you're like, man, this this was good. And maybe you're saying, this actually got me out of my seat. (laughs) But but, you know, I, I still can't garner up the strength, pastor. And I just wanna encourage you that, that God is present in your life and he's near and, and you can't do it on your own. So, so this isn't a motivational speech, but, but this is a call to draw near unto God, to open up your heart to faith in Jesus Christ so that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, so that you can receive the supernatural strength that you need to step out and to step into everything that God has for you. And so uh, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I just, I wanna invite you into a relationship with him. It's as simple as 
opening your heart, extending your faith mm-hmm. towards God, towards his son, yeah. making him your Lord and savior. The Bible says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Right. The Bible says that when you've come to Christ, you've died to your life of sin and you've risen to, to eternal life, to, to a relationship with the father. God's going to make you all new. And so maybe this morning is your morning. Maybe today is your day. And it's as simple as praying with me. So why don't you go ahead and pray with me? Uh, Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I give you my heart. I turn from my past. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I love you. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church. Wow. Wow. And I just want to welcome you to the family. Um, If you gave your life to Jesus Christ, our team is providing a link there. We want you to go ahead and click that link. Let us know that you've made that faith decision or you've come back to Jesus. We want to be there with you. We want to walk with you. Um, Also, if you've been encouraged or inspired in any way, go ahead and share this message uh, with someone who needs hope, perspective in this season. And most importantly, I want you to join us next week for week three of Happy Habits. We're going to have a great time. So you guys have a great week. We love you, and we're going to see you very soon. Come on, church. Yeah.